Last week at the TEDx conference I went to at lunch, there was a salad bar. In line to the salad bar, as we got to the front, I saw that they had compostable bowls, not plastic throwaway, but also not reusable. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, I have a, a container that I brought the food up that I ate on the bus ride up. I'll go get my container and use that instead of the compostable disposable thing. My friend said, why not use the compostable thing? It's compostable. No problem. Or today, I was with a friend and we went to get coffee at the cafe. When we got to the front, we said, can we get the coffee in reusable mugs? The woman said, well, the cups are compostable. Just use the compostable stuff. These are examples of people looking for reasons to keep doing what they're doing without changing. They're relying on others. They're hoping technology or innovation will fix the problems that are going on all around us. We know the problems, plastic in the ocean, pollution, things like that. I'm not going to go into the reasons why something being compostable is still pollution. It's less pollution, but it's still pollution. And compared to using a reusable mug that's already been made and it's just sitting there, it's a lot of pollution. It's like, to me, comparing an electric car to an internal combustion engine when you have a bicycle. Yes, it's a little bit of an improvement, but it's not a lot. Anyway, I want to go into the details of that. I want to go into the mental processes that happen when we do these things. First, technology and innovation, without changing first the values that are driving this technology and innovation, simply serve the system that they work within. And a system that, whether designed deliberately or through some sort of evolutionary process, is a polluting system. If you make a system that pollutes more efficient, it will pollute more efficiently. People weren't making things inefficient before. It's not like suddenly now we're like, oh, now we should make things efficient. We've been trying to make things efficient for a long, long time. We're more efficient than ever. We're producing more total waste than ever. Again, back to the mental process. Think of yourself when you've been thinking of going on a trip and you want to fly somewhere. And you think, oh, wait, but flying, maybe there's a problem with that. Do you not think things like, or do you know, maybe you don't, but you know people who think things like, oh, the plane's going to fly anyway. Or what I do doesn't matter. I'm just one person. It's not that big of a deal. Whatever I do one way or another doesn't make a difference. Or governments, corporations, they're the ones that should change. Individuals, we can't do very much. Governments and corporations, that's where the big change is. Or the plane should be solar or planes will be solar soon. It's not really that big of a deal because soon they won't pollute or they'll, they'll be solar. It won't be such a big deal. Look, if these don't sound familiar to you, I'd be very surprised, but they certainly sound familiar to me. I feel that way. Even when I was flying, I felt that way. When I go on a trip and I could take a bus or a subway somewhere and I could walk instead, or if I could take an elevator, I'm trying to decide between an elevator and stairs. I think to myself, oh, maybe this is, here's a reason why I could take the thing that I want. Or same thing when I'm at a restaurant or someplace and there's some dessert and I told myself I'm not going to have dessert. And then the dessert's there. And I think, oh, maybe I want the dessert. Note the feeling and the emotions and the process. I put to you that if, if you pay attention very carefully, every mind is different, so it might not apply to you. But as far as I know, everyone that I've talked to, this applies to, that we first know the outcome that we want. We want to go to Paris. We want the dessert. Then we create, second, the justification. So the plane was going to fly anyway, or I earned it, the dessert. And then we tell ourselves the justification is why we do it. It actually came second. We want to do it. Now we want a reason for it. We come up with a reason. Now we say that's the reason we're doing it. But we actually came up with a justification second. It's not like we thought, ah, oh, planes are flying around anyway. I wonder what I can do if I got on one. Oh, maybe I'll go to Paris. Uh-uh. You know your mind better than mine. A lot of people, it's like, oh, I want to go to Paris. Oh, but flying, but the plane was going to fly anyway. We don't fly because we think the plane will fly anyway. 
We fly because we want the outcome, and we justify to help us sleep at night knowing how much it pollutes. The justifications with any critical thought are specious, fatuous, and self-serving, and they wither under the slightest scrutiny by anyone who doesn't themselves want to fly. People who want to fly, they will find those reasons plausible and meaningful, not because they stand up to scrutiny, but because these people want to fly and it works for them to believe that. Here's another example. At my mom's house, whenever people wash the dishes, they always turn on the water either full blast or off. Full blast or off. So even if someone wants just a little bit of water for, like they just want to spray a little bit of something off a plate, full blast. And oftentimes they all turn it on to full heat as well. I mentioned this to my stepfather once, and he came back and pointed out that the water, it comes out from a well, and there's a septic system that filters it, and it just goes back in. And so the water is temporarily in the house, but it basically goes back into the watershed, back where it was, and so it's no big deal. It sounds to me like a kid who wants to keep doing what they're doing, box checking. It feels like someone doesn't really want to do something. They don't want to do something different. You know, It's just okay to keep doing what I'm doing. Box checking not only fails in things like this, it's miserable. The reason I'm putting this out, and I shouldn't have gotten so much into the technicalities because that's not the point. The point is that it's miserable to do things you don't want to do. When people know the environment, there's an issue, but they internally haven't yet gotten there. It's a really miserable state to be in. They're missing out. When you switch, when you get to it, using less isn't about you It's not like someone wants you to suffer. It's not about deprivation. It's not about losing out. When you really get it, when you get what happens, when we behave in ways that are, I would say, environmentally harmonious, that are sustainable, that are regenerative, it's about connecting to others. The whole point of doing this is to take others' considerations and the outcomes, how they're affected, taking those things into account. I often think of it, I'm not a parent. I've never changed a diaper. But I think it's like changing a diaper on a baby. It's not about poop. It's about their first piano recital, which may be a decade from this time. It's about them walking up and getting their diploma. It's about them walking down the aisle. It's not going to happen if you don't change that diaper. It's about connecting to others. Taking others into account. Stewardship is about everyone. It's about connection. It's about community. That's what this whole thing is about. Taking others' considerations into account. Yes, you want to see the Eiffel Tower. Yes, you want to go to Machu Picchu. Yes, you want to do all these things. You want to get the takeout. Planes flew us all over the place before we knew anything about the environment. It's got to factor in in some way that in the past 50 years, our world has changed. The parts per million of carbon dioxide, the sea levels, the plastic in the ocean, and our understanding of it changed, that we know what's going to happen. The predictions have been predicting things pretty effectively. Polluting things... Things that pollute with wanton, without caring about the pollution, these things tend to separate. They tend to disperse communities. They tend to separate us because we don't want to pollute ourselves. So we have to separate ourselves from where we pollute. If you find yourself justifying why the old way is still okay, the plane's going to fly anyway, it's like convincing yourself that, to me, it's like convincing yourself that diet soda is healthy and then eating something because, you know, I had something healthy when diet soda is not healthy and you don't even need it. Water is really delicious. When you love apples, which I've come to, even though I once thought of them as the most boring fruit, you don't miss ice cream. You look back at ice cream, it's like, what was I doing? I know that sounds crazy if you're really into ice cream, but it's happened. For decades, I had ice cream in my freezer, always. When I went shopping, I would always have ice cream. Now, I look at it with disgust. I did not plan for that to happen. 
even apples, the most regular fruit, they're delicious. I mean, I sometimes get apples now and I can taste all the nuances and so forth that I never could before. And it's amazing. Just like, yes, I've seen the Eiffel Tower. I've been to Paris several times. I love visiting there. I have to take into account not just the effects on me, but the effects on others. And that caring is greater than the joy of seeing Machu Picchu. Yes, takeout can be convenient. Actually, recently, it's become more convenient for me just to throw stuff together into a stew or a salad. And it's more delicious. It's cheaper. It's more convenient. Once you get in the... I, I know this sounds crazy, but it's faster for me to cook from scratch now than it was for me to get takeout before, even though takeout was supposed to be super convenient. And I happen to enjoy it more. This past week, my CSA has had so much vegetables. I have to go... I'm like forcing myself to invite people over as much as I can because I have so many green leafy vegetables in my fridge that I've got to use them. I don't want them to go bad. And it's really cheap. And there's nothing special. This is totally accessible to people who live in a food desert. And the less money you have, the more accessible it becomes because it's cheaper. So back to the ice cream. When you get to the point where taking other people's considerations into account, the way I think parents think of their children, parents always seem to say, the child is the most important consideration. It's the center of their world. When you get to that place where you're thinking about how your behavior affects others, not considering others, it becomes disgusting. Polluting in general becomes just gross. And so when someone says, it doesn't matter which coffee cup you get because it's compostable, you're like, you just want me to do that because you want to keep going with what's easier and you just haven't gotten to the place where you don't want to do that. And it's no big deal if you... if. If they didn't have, if they had only compostable, that is to say disposable, but mildly so, cups, I would not have gotten, I, I, I just, well, I wasn't getting coffee. I don't drink coffee. But if I was, if I didn't have my own container, I would have just skipped lunch at the TEDx thing last week. It's not that big of a deal to skip lunch. Actually, what happened later at the wine and cheese thing afterward, and vegetables, I should point out, because that's what I was eating tons of, which the whole plate was like, no one was getting the vegetables. So I went to town on them. But I wanted something to drink, and they didn't have any, they had only plastic cups. So I went back into the kitchen and I asked them, do you have anything I could use? And they got me a, a glass container to use, and they were happy to do it. They were, and then they started telling me, oh, wait, man, we've been meaning to do this for a while. Thank you for getting us going, because we've just been doing this compostable stuff, but we know that people want to get stuff that's non-disposable. Creates community, creates connection, always does. Listen to all the podcast episodes. When people do the stuff, it connects them with people around them. Do I like living with disgust? Well, I would much rather feel disgust for something when there's pollution. I mean, you walk down the streets of any city in the world, walk on almost any beach in the world, you're going to see junk, you're going to see plastic, you're going to see stuff that chokes wildlife and so forth. I would rather look at that with disgust than not see it. Because when you feel disgust, you do something about it. And you take responsibility. And that feels great. It feels, I, I can tell you, in my experience, it feels better for me to take responsibility, to pick up other people's trash than to believe I live in a world that's clean and pure and somehow filter that from my view. This reaction of disgust, that's not a problem. The pollution is and the lack of stewardship motivating it. When you get to see that's the problem, you'll be happy that you got there. If you aren't here, I guarantee that when you start seeing disgust, when someone's like, oh, but you can do this, you can do that. And like, to justify doing what you've been doing, knowing that it pollutes, you'll be glad that you got here. Despite all these words that I've said, I have to realize that probably they add up to very little compared to 
your experience if you steward long enough. That is, if you do something like go without disposable plastic for a week or pick up garbage every day for a month or go without flying for some meaningful period of time. If you pick something that you care about and act, however little you think it affects others, since the action and your emotion are what matter to you, not abstract other things like sea level rise or grandchildren and stuff like that off in, in some abstract future. The way you feel in the moment, that's what really gets you to change your beliefs, change your feelings, change your motivations. When you feel that emotional reward for acting on your values, you'll want to do more. You'll want to learn more. People keep saying, Josh, you know so much about the environment. That's what gets you to do stuff. All the way around, I did stuff and that led me to learn more because when I didn't want to do things, when I was flying around, I kind of knew planes polluted a fair amount, but I didn't know how much and I didn't want to know. So I wouldn't look anything up. When I stopped flying, I got really more knowledgeable about that because I wanted to learn more because it would reinforce the behavior that I chose. When you feel that emotional reward for acting on your values, you'll want to do more. You'll want to learn more. And the next thing you know, you'll naturally carry a fork with you. You'll naturally walk around where you used to take taxis and that sort of thing. And you'll feel fine about it. You won't feel like you're going out of your way. You'll feel like you're taking other people's considerations into consideration. You'll feel like a parent with a child. You'll feel like, I want the best for these people around me. I want to build my community. I want my community to flourish. You'll be happier. You'll be connected to people, people that you care about. You'll be connected to them more. This emotional behavioral trend, as I see it, is nowhere. That is to enjoy this stuff. I'm not saying do this because you have to. I'm saying do this because you'll be glad you did. I'm saying do this because if you do it, I predict that you won't want to go back, that you'll feel this is, I'm really happy about this. And we will all benefit from this. We will all follow your lead. You'll be a leader. People will be glad to follow you. They'll thank you. And you'll be glad you did.